from runasradio.com. You're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell and Greg Hughes. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 155 with guest Nick Simons, recorded Thursday, April 1st, 2010. Run As Radio is produced each week by Quap Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow the boys on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell. You're listening to Run As Radio. With me, as always, my co-host, Greg Hughes. Hey, Richard. Hello, everyone. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good. How about you? She'll plug in away. More shows, more fun, more excitement. Can't complain. We got a really wicked show today, but I got to uh, call out to the folks at uh, Energize IT. Uh, today's Run As Radio podcast is sponsored by Microsoft Canada's Energize IT Anything Is Possible program, an exclusive Canadian program developed to support technical professionals. Learn more about Energize IT and its complimentary offerings at www.energizeit.ca, including Microsoft-sponsored events, community-hosted events, install fest for Office 2010 scheduled for Spring 2010, along with additional podcasts, and you can reserve your seat today at www.energizeit.ca. Very cool. I love Office 2010. It is very, very good. Yeah, I love Outlook 2010. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's something else, isn't it? So. I mean, Office apps, I love Office apps in general, but, you know, I mean, they're just because use them for so long, but the improvements they've made, Outlook, Outlook's way cool now. It's way better, and it, and it sort of ties into our show today. Let me introduce our guest. Nick Simons has worked on an assortment of Office products over the past 10 years, and in the past few years has been the program manager working on Office web apps. His proudest moment before working on Office web apps was removing Clippy, the helpful Office paperclip from Office. <laughs> Welcome, Nick. Hi. And uh, for all of us, I'd just like to say thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. My you killed Clippy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what an interesting progression that product was. Because Clippy, I think, first showed up in Bob. Um, well, I guess so. I mean, the first time I really saw Clippy was, I think, in Office 97, before, before I worked here. Right. I remember, I remember just installing it and going, what is that? <laughs> so I was extremely happy when I finally had the opportunity to... Um, and the reign of uh, Clippy. Finally turn all that off. We'll digress a little bit. So what exactly was your role in ending Clippy's life? Um, well, so I was a program manager working on the team responsible for things like templates and clip art and also help. And Clippy fell under my uh, purview, and we were looking at what we would do to improve the help experience in, in Office, um, I guess it would have been 2007. Uh-huh. And... Um, when we were looking at what to do to improve things, one of the obvious things was um, getting rid of um, that particular feature, which was a source of a lot of customer complaint. So we were uh, happy to do it. I can sort of imagine, was there, I'm just dreaming here, was there a team standing around, one guy sitting at his screen, and everybody else is standing around and and watching him highlight and then hit, like, delete? Honestly, almost. I mean, there was a lot of excitement (laughs) because... uh, you know, definitely the day we did that check-in, there was a little bit of celebration. It's just, you know, I mean, it's not, it, it wasn't a terrible idea. There's a lot of really interesting stuff written about, about sort of the idea of having some type of intelligent assistant help right. you. Sure. But we really feel like the execution just never was quite there. And for people who didn't like it, 
the the technology was very hard to um, turn off, which is one of the reasons why, since we weren't investing in it, and we uh, and and because of that problem of turning it off, we we finally said, you know, it was time to move on. And who knows, something something better is going to come along eventually that actually works. It's just a matter sure. of time. Yeah, that root concept of a smart agent that can sort of anticipate your needs is a good idea. Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. I just don't think the Clippy was that. Yeah. It was supposed to be, and it just wasn't. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's an interesting problem to solve. It's, it, of course, if you're going to, because ultimately you need to interact with the user, how do you do it in a way that is not obnoxious? Yes. Well, also, there's the small matter of you actually need to be smart. Yeah. Which means, you right. know, you know, I mean, the, the classic is, you know, it looks like you're trying to write a letter, but frankly, the suggestions were typically repetitive and often not correct. So, um, you know, I mean, it, it's all, it's history now, though. I mean, certainly it, we're not bringing, bringing Clippy back for Office 2010. Yeah. Well, and Office 2010 is pretty close at this point. It's, it's going to be sometime in 2010, obviously, but like, you know, we're, we're recording in early spring. Yeah, actually, I believe um, I believe I believe we're going to be available in June. So yeah, very cool. Which means it's pretty. It must be pretty close to baked now. We're not going to see any surprise features, and lots of us are running the open beta. We've been pretty happy. Yeah, I would I would think if you're if you're looking at the the latest beta, then you you're pretty much seeing you know the the final product. I mean, there's still you know we still make changes based on customer feedback um, and on you know issues that we find right up until the end. Sure. Um, so it won't be exactly the same. And when I, I, we're still on a digression here, which is not a bad thing, but when <laughs> right. you, once you guys get to a public beta, you're feature complete. You're now really fixing things, right? Like you, to, I would think from a Microsoft perspective, the advantage of going to public beta is getting as many different people and many different configurations possible using it so that you find the anomalies. Certainly that's a big, a big part of it is having a lot of people touching our products so that we can find all of the, the issues. A lot of those issues are technical issues where we simply need to correct mistakes in the code. Um, but sometimes we discover that something that we thought was a good idea wasn't, and we'll actually go back to the drawing board and redesign something or change something or take something out of the product. Um, you know, we want to try and incorporate as much customer feedback as possible into the product, and we're always looking for ways to do that. Um, so, so yes, I would say it is about fixing things. Certainly, we had an idea and we executed or had a lot of ideas when we executed. Um, but there's still an opportunity, even in the beta time frame, for customers to give us their feedback and for that to be incorporated in, into the, the product that they're testing, or often, if not then, into the next version of the product. Right. All I can say is three cheers for being able to have two exchange accounts, uh, live and active in Outlook at the same time. That's, for me, that's a big deal. I'll have to pass that along to um, the Outlook team. Yeah. yeah, please, please do give them give them a kudos, give them a pat on the back or something. That's that's a pretty big deal. I I know it's been it's it's a changer for me. It makes Outlook much more usable. So let's talk a little Office web apps. So what's your yeah. role with web apps? So I'm one of I'm one of a team of program managers, mm-hmm. um, and my and my role essentially as a program manager is to um, design design features, um, determine, you know, the direction that the product is going to go, and then sort of, you know, coordinate that towards the end. So program managers are sort of a combination of um, designers um, and project managers and communicators. Um, we basically sort of fill in all the gaps where developers and testers aren't 
doing that work. Okay. Um, it's a role that Microsoft invented um, years and years and years ago, and it's it's really the ideal job for somebody who likes to do a lot of different things and who enjoys being sort of a jack of all trades. And and touching, we've got to be passionate about this app and this whole concept of uh, of sort of a web version of Office is an interesting one because I mean Office is not a small code base. It's it's beyond mature. It's is uh, one of the oldest chunks of code out there that the world's still using in any significant level. So I mean, how do you webify that? Certainly, par- certainly parts that are extremely old. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And there is some of that code in the Office Web Apps, but honestly, one of the exciting things about working on a product like like Office Web Apps is um, the fact that you know you get to do something a little bit new and a little bit different. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I I worked on sort of the more the legacy products for years, um, but this release I got to I got to work on something you know new and and it's V1, and that was a lot of fun. And it, and and also it's going to be a lot of fun to to carry forward and sort of polish it further and, and take what we did in V1 and and really, really, you know, go with it. Because, of course, you know, version ones tend to be about building infrastructure and, and foundations. And, and often it's it's the next version where you start to see, you know, really big changes and a lot of uh, progression. As people start to use it and, it and it gets shaped more by utilization than just the initial vision. Well, absolutely. That's a big, that's a big part of it. We're really looking forward to getting more and more customers. I mean, doing stuff like this, talking to you, talking to your audience, um, and getting feedback through our blog, um, you know, getting feedback from customer visits. And I spend a lot of time talking to customers now, and it's really great to hear what people like about it, what people want to see, um, see different. And knowing that we actually will have the ability to, to deliver on these things because we do have, we do have a lot of flexibility because we're a new product and, and we don't have, um, well, right now we don't have any customers because right. we haven't shipped yet. Um, and and once we ship, then we'll have we'll have some set of customers. But it's not the same as if you're, you know, working on a product like uh, like Outlook, which has millions, like hundreds of millions of customers. Yes. Um, and you and you really have to be extremely careful not to uh, to rock the boat because so many people use the product. So web apps uh, is this truly just out on the internet, or is it? I, I see there's a SharePoint version of it. Yes, so we're delivering the Office web apps essentially in in two ways. Okay. Um, one is you can install the Office web apps on top of a SharePoint 2010 deployment, um, and what that will allow you to do is to run the Office web apps um, in in your on your own servers inside of your own enterprise or or really I mean wherever you're running SharePoint. Um, and the same holds true for our SharePoint Online offering. Um, you'll be able to have the Office Web Apps as part of that so that if you're allowing Microsoft to host um, SharePoint for you, um, Office Web Apps can be a part of that experience. Um, and that's a very, that, that's really aimed at, at, at um, you, know, or, you know, organizations, uh, small businesses, enterprises, that, that sort of thing. Um, but also for people who just want to use the Office Web Apps, um, you know, day to day, we also are making them available on Windows Live through SkyDrive, so that if you put your Office documents up on SkyDrive, you will be able to view them and edit them and share them with other others um, all through the Office web apps, so that you won't need to have Office to use the Office um, documents. And I hesitate to use the word cloud in there, but this is this idea of of businesses that essentially have no internal infrastructure, everything's on the Internet, so that no matter where they go, the stuff's available. 
No, we we use the word cloud all the time. We love the word cloud. Um, and ab- and absolutely, the Office web apps are in the cloud. And your documents, you know, if you're using um, if you're using SharePoint Online or if you're using um, Windows Live and SkyDrive, absolutely, your documents are in the cloud. The application is in the cloud. All you need is um, a supported browser um, and a computer, um, and that's that's it. It doesn't even need to be Windows. So, what browsers are supported? Um, we currently support um, IE7 and IE8 and Firefox, I believe, 3.5 or better, and Safari, whatever the current version is. So the current version is Safari. So like you said, it doesn't have to be Windows. It could be straight up Mac and it would still work. Mac, we work on Mac, works on Linux. Um, it even works on... And we also have a mobile version of the Office web apps. Um, which works in mobile browsers. So I've actually I've seen it work in um, in the mobile version of um, of Opera, although I don't believe that's one of our supported platforms. I'm not actually sure what the supported mm-hmm. platforms are for the mobile versions, but um, but certainly we have a mobile version as well, so it'll work on your phone. Cool. And and which Office products are we talking about here? Word, Excel. So it's Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and OneNote. Oh, okay. Oh, and- really? OneNote too. That's cool. Yeah, I was same reaction. I use OneNote a lot. I have a tablet PC, and it's just a lovely thing. So it's a cool idea to have OneNote as available as a web app. So then I guess the next angle, and this is the sort of feature completeness of the web version of these. Um, so that that's a and that's a that's an important distinction to make. We're certainly not delivering full versions of the Office applications um, on the web. The way we look at this is we look at this as having a viewing experience and an editing experience. Okay, and so. For, for Word and for PowerPoint in particular, our our viewing experience I think is where we've really we've really just gone gone above and beyond. The, the viewing experience for a Word document um, or for a PowerPoint presentation is really quite something. You get all the animations in a PowerPoint presentation. Um, it's really really, and you don't need any sort of plugins or anything. Um, it will all it'll all work with HTML and JavaScript and CSS. Um, and so you can essentially see a, a pretty much pixel perfect version of your PowerPoint presentation or your or your Word document. Um, um, in in Excel you also get an extremely high fidelity view of um, your Excel sheet um, as well. Although in fact with Excel you also have an extremely strong editor. Um, you can manipulate pivot tables and things like that. You can you can see charts and graphs um, and thing and some of the new features like spark lines. Those are all visible in the web apps. Um, there are things you can't do, like you can't create a, a new pivot table in the web app for Excel, um, but it's still extremely powerful. It's a really great way to consume um, an Excel uh, workbook. And, and just to be clear here, these are all docs that could have been built with the regular, regular version of Windows and put up onto that SharePoint or SkyDrive store, and then you can open them with the web app. Absolutely. In, fa- in fact, to be, to be honest, that, that, that is probably the most likely scenario for somebody putting putting, say, a presentation together, they're going to be much, while you can absolutely make a presentation um, in the web app itself, um, to really get the full richness and, and, and sort of explore the full capacity of, of PowerPoint, you want to use the, the, the desktop client. Right. Um, but you can then put it up on to, say, SkyDrive, and people can view your presentation with all of its animations, etc., um, and they'll see the presentation, and they don't have to have PowerPoint to see it. Right. Um, and, this, and the same is true for Word. You can you can create a Word document. Um, it's got it's got you know reasonable editing capacity. Um, but if you want to create a complex document with a lot of the sort of more richer features, 
um, in in Word, you want to use the desktop client, but you can definitely edit text, um, create simple documents using the web apps. Yeah, I see the scenario where back at the office, they've created the, the spreadsheet or the PowerPoint document, put it out there, and the guy in the field looks at it and maybe makes a few edits to it, but is not generally crafting whole documents from scratch. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly the sort of scenario that we were, we were thinking about. Or you could imagine just simply getting some new data for your PowerPoint deck that you wanted to update or include. Um, you know, and you, and it just turns out that you didn't, you know, you didn't have access to the, um, the document where you were. I've actually gone on site visits with, a, with just a netbook and a browser and no, no office on my computer because right. it was a very low powered netbook. And I was able to do full presentations, make changes as I needed to, like change the date in a presentation. I was able to do all of that without having, I mean, partly I was, I was showing off because I work on the office web apps and I <laughs> wanted to prove that you could actually use them to do real work. Um, and, and you absolutely can. And I, w- I wanted to say a quick thing about OneNote as well. The OneNote that we have on the, uh, on the web is actually, it's, it, it doesn't have things like ink, which is something which if you're using it on tablet PC, you're going to miss. Right. Um, but but it absolutely it it supports a lot of the things that you can do in a, in a OneNote document. Certainly all the structure, but the thing which I like most about it is the fact, and and this is I think why it's an important part of the web apps is it's an extremely collaborative um, tool because lots of people can be editing a OneNote notebook at the same time, right. and you can see those edits pretty much in real time, so that you can use it. As a way to say brainstorm um, a project or or just gather ideas for a meeting or or pretty much you know anything you want where you want a bunch of people working on something at the same time and to be able to see what what everyone is working on OneNote is really really good for that both the desktop client and the web client because you can be working in one or the other all on the same notebook and it all works pretty much seamlessly. You've described a usage case I've done a lot for. Um project planning or even application design where we've had the projector showing the OneNote document there and you have two or three different people that are editing it at the same time so that when you're talking you don't have to type somebody else types it for you and uh, right yes but it all ends up in the same place yeah I was I was doing a uh, I did a presentation and uh I actually made my OneNote notebook available to all of the people watching the presentation, and a lot of them had access to computers at the time. And I let them play as I was talking, and I could actually watch on my on my projector. I could watch people adding stuff to the notebook mm-hmm. um, as as I spoke. It was it was a lot of fun, and it was sort of a, sort of very demonstrative of the power of of that tool for collaboration. And so we actually get a mixed use scenario here where. Uh, I would imagine this would be more the SharePoint rig where somebody using regular OneNote has the document stored on the SharePoint rig and somebody else who doesn't have OneNote installed fires up the web app and can make changes. Absolutely, but it's not limited to SharePoint. You can do that on SkyDrive as well. Okay. Um, so, the, yeah, we, we've we actually built some some integration into SkyDrive into Office so that you can now more easily share, like actually save documents to SkyDrive from Office. Um, that's actually something which is is very cool in Office 2010, um, yeah. and if, I'm, I'm, we have support for other other cloud storage as well. Um, well, and but, for those who uh, don't know a lot about OneNote, there is no concept of saving in OneNote. Everything is always saved. That's right. So you just put your notebook up on SkyDrive, and then you work off of it. Right. And so what I'm trying to awe about here is this idea that as someone's making edits in a browser. 
on this OneNote document, it's somehow getting up to the SkyDrive and then back down to the other machines that are also looking at that document. Yep, absolutely. That's exactly how it works. Wow, that's that seems like voodoo. That's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's uh, it, it's just a really cool technology that um, that we built this time around to make that work. Like, I mean, we had we had those, a lot of those scenarios in OneNote before, but we did a lot of work to really make those those uh, technologies work across Office. So in um, so in in Word and Excel, we don't support um, the 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 working on the same document at the same time in the web apps yet. But we do support it in the clients, so that you can be working in a Word, in a Word document in the desktop client, or in a, or in um, or in a PowerPoint on the desktop client, and um, and you're all good. I think I might have said we don't support it in Excel, and that's not true. Um, the story is a little complicated, and we're trying to make it so it's just supported everywhere. That's one of our top priorities. Right. Um, but right now, in Excel, you can absolutely um, collaborate on an Excel um, Excel workbook together in the cloud. Like in on SkyDrive or in SharePoint, um, however, the the client doesn't support it yet, um, and that's something which we're working on as well. It's a little it's a little bit strange. It comes it comes down to where the engineering priorities were um, for this release. I mean, that's a very fundamental shift you're talking about here. But normal life in a network, you know, forget SkyDrive and all this stuff. I open that Excel document off the file share. It's locked. Anybody else who tries to open it gets a read only copy. That's right. So you're now saying, in general, we're starting to move towards two people being able to work on the same Excel document and see each other's changes? Yes, absolutely. That's exactly where we're moving. And the web apps already do that. Um, and and cool. eventually, I think I, I think I think I can say with confidence that that's a model that we're going to embrace for all of our applications, both in the cloud and on the desktop. That that's a, we say we think that giving people the ability to collaborate. Now, this doesn't mean that you wouldn't have the ability to to stop somebody from doing that. Um, obviously, you can. there are ways to prevent people from editing your documents if you don't want them to. But, um, but in general, we think that's a model that people are moving towards as, uh, as people get more and more used to doing stuff on the web and seeing updates happen in real time on, you know, on sites like Facebook. Um, you just, people are just getting more used to working that way, and we're, we want to be right there with them. Well, and it, yeah, it's a, it's a philosophical change here. So again, the real thing is finding out who else is editing your document, like knowing. Yes, and we have and we have a lot of features to support that. You can see, you can see who's editing your document, what part of the document they're editing, what changes they've made. There, are, there are there are features that allow you to roll back changes, merge changes. There's a lot of there was a lot of very hard thinking and, and work that went into making that experience um, the right experience, and also it differs from say Word to OneNote. So in Word, for example, if you're working on a paragraph, we'll lock that paragraph so that you're the only one who can work on that paragraph. That's sort of the unit of, of, of sort of locking. Okay. Whereas in, whereas in OneNote, you can be working on the same paragraph with someone, and we sort of feel that matches the way people work in OneNote versus the way people work in Word. Yeah. Um, so we've given, that a, we've given that a lot of thought. And if you play with them, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm some, sometimes I'm describing the web apps, and sometimes I'm describing the... Um, the desktop applications. I sort of, I live in a world where I move back and forth pretty frequently now, and uh, and I think actually a lot of people are going to be in that same world. It's just there will be times when the web apps just make more sense for what you're doing. And are we going to be able to have the uh, Office 2007 
users still play in this environment? Could they at least create documents, put them on SkyDrive, even if they can't do the collaboration stuff? Yes. We, so the, the file format supported by the web apps is the Office 2007 file format. It's okay. the new, the new um, Office OpenXML. The only caveat to that is only OneNote 2010 notebooks will work in the OneNote web app. Ah. But all the rest of them will work just fine. But OneNote, we, we did a lot of work in OneNote this time around to, to support these scenarios, and, and unfortunately that required a, uh, a uh, file format change. Well, in OneNote's sort of the youngest member of the office, so I imagine you're still just racing to get everything that people have been wanting to do with it done. Absolutely. Well, I guess we're the youngest member of office now. Yeah. But, uh, but yes. So, so One OneNote is still a product that's really evolving and, and, and evolving in really cool ways. So we use it a lot here. So this is all pre-release. It's uh, you know Office 2010 is available at the time that we're recording. You can download the beta and use it for free for a period of time to find out about it. Is the SkyDrive capability is that available to use right now, or is that coming in the future? So there is a technical preview of the SkyDrive stuff, which I think people can still get into. If, certainly, if they have the beta, um, if you use the beta to to upload um, Word or PowerPoint or Excel documents to um, Sky, your SkyDrive, and this only, I think, will work in in the English markets. Um, then you will um, then you will be able to actually see the the, the web apps will light up. Um, there are instructions for how to how to do this exactly um, on our blog blogs.msdn.com. Or you can just go to Bing and type Office Web Apps, and it'll be the first link you hit. It'll get you to the blog. But and and SkyDrive's up and running now. Like I've got a SkyDrive account. Absolutely. And there was a period of time where if you put an Office document up on SkyDrive and you were and you were an English user, um, the Office Web Apps would turn on. I even think it works for Japanese too. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I was, I certainly, I I'm currently running it in Japanese to test some localization stuff. And I believe since it's localized into Japanese, I think we actually support the Japanese market. I think it may only be English and Japanese. I feel like I should know this, and I don't. <laughs> well, and, and you bring up this interesting part of, you know, Office is this hugely multinational product, and there's all these languages you have to deal with. And and we're, and we're going to support them all. Um, so, so basically, um, all the languages that you can use Office in, um, we, will, we will provide the Office web apps in all those languages. Um, so up on Skype, I just actually finished doing some work to support, uh, I think, the, the first 37 languages um, that we'll be supporting in uh, for the Office web apps when we actually go live. If the first 37. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of frightening. I, I, I look at products that have support six languages as multilingual, and you're talking about the first 37. Uh-huh. It's a lot. Well, we have a lot of customers around the world, and yeah. we don't want to exclude anyone. So, what what about document security? Is there any? What are the security concerns that you've had to address? Um, well, I guess there's sort of two. There's there's two there's two sides to the security concern. I mean, one is the security concern of 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 actually having office documents, you know, being on 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 your SharePoint servers or in, or on SkyDrive. And making sure that you know that doesn't represent a security 
vulnerability for the servers. And of course, we've done a lot of work there, and, and that's something which I've been very involved with, and we think that we're we're secure. Um, but I but I think you're probably talking more about the security of your information and of and of the information in your documents. Is that what you're asking about? Yeah. Or is there anything about document structure in in you know in the shared documents that you've that you've had to address? Yeah. From so a there's a couple standpoint? of so one thing is I mean if you use um, rights management, um, which has a bunch of different um, three letter acronyms that you can apply to it, like IRM, right, or our own product RMS. Um, Essentially, if you use any of those technologies to secure a document, then you will not be able to open it using the Office web apps because we don't want to compromise the security, but we have not built a technology yet to um, to validate the security for you. That's something right. which we're that's something which we're looking at really closely um, for a later release. Um, it's something we've heard that a lot of enterprise customers are really interested in in us supporting. And in terms of things like, you know, if you've password protected a document, we won't open it either because we don't have the ability to, to support that. Um, so basically, the, our security model is if, if if we think there's any reason why you shouldn't be allowed to look at a document, we won't let you um, right now. And in terms, and of course, SkyDrive has all of its own document security around sharing folders versus private folders. Um, we support uh, SSL so that you can you can do all of your transactions. Um, Securely, so that your your traffic isn't uh, you know all being sent in the clear over the internet because as you know that's not secure. Well, and I'm also thinking in terms of stuff like being you know a SkyDrive store to me seems pretty straight up. You just got a folder, so being able to to say this user can get access to this folder of mine uh, or just these documents, like that kind of granular security to let individuals get access to certain things. Well, right now, right now we, right now SkyDrive only supports um, security at the folder level. Right. So that, so that as you want different groups of people having access to different different documents, you need to put them in different folders. Um, we have heard from people saying that they want document level security, and I believe that's something that the SkyDrive team ha- is thinking about. I don't, I don't know when that'll see the light of day, or if it will, or if we'll d- d- decide that. Older level security is 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 sufficient. Um, ultimately, a lot of that stuff is is more the responsibility of teams like SkyDrive. Um, since we've partnered with them, they own the document store side of things and that side of things, and we own actually rendering the document, allowing people to edit the document. We own all of that. We actually have two completely separate data centers. Wow. Um, for man- one one for the web apps and one for SkyDrive. <clears throat> and when I say two. I actually mean way more than two. I just mean two two different sets of data centers. We we don't have only one data center. We have data centers around the world. Yeah, I mean Microsoft does, but it, you know you bring up an interesting point about and this is getting very cloud like again. Where is my where are my documents stored and and uh, what's the reliability factor? Data centers do go down. So I believe I believe if you're using Sky, I don't I don't know exactly what the what the service level agreement um, SkyDrive provides for right. customers. Um, I believe it's very good, um, but I don't know exactly what it is. I know that the service level agreement we would have for something like SharePoint Online would be would be extremely um, rigorous, right. and that you 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 should feel completely confident putting your documents on, on up on a SharePoint site um, that Microsoft is running and knowing that we're backing that site up. That if it goes down, we will bring it back up. That everything is backed up, so we can we can retrieve documents. There's usually a document history associated with SharePoint sites. So I actually feel more and more. I, I think I I wrote a blog about this a few 
a few months ago. I actually feel better about the documents that I keep in the cloud than I do about the documents that I keep on my local hard drive. Right. Um, because the documents in the cloud, I've never lost a document that I've put up in the cloud, but I've lost documents on my local hard drive just when a hard drive failed. Sure, sure. Um, and, you know, and maybe I backed them up. Maybe I didn't. You know, Windows tries to make that as easy as possible, but, you know, we all, we all, uh, you know, lose focus from time to time and forget <clears throat> or even forget to set it up. But, uh, yeah, I must say all in all, I, I think people, people in general seem more okay with putting stuff in the cloud. And, and of course it comes down to what kind of agreement you're willing, you know, the people like SkyDrive make. And I believe they're really, the, the service level agreements are very good now. Right. And, and ultimately the office web app team is not responsible for SkyDrive. You're just utilizing it as well. Uh, yeah, well, we're, we're, we're partnered with them. So we're not actually responsible. We don't keep your documents. Right. We simply take your documents and let you manipulate them. <clears throat> in whatever way you see fit, using our tools, and then they get stored back in SkyDrive and if, or back in SharePoint. And if you're dealing with an enterprise where that's a concern, they always have the SharePoint option. They can host all this stuff themselves. Do your own thing, right? Yes, absolutely. In fact, that was a very big, that was a very important part of our strategy for for enterprises that are that are extremely concerned about keeping everything on their own machines in house. SharePoint is perfect, <clears throat> and the Office web apps work on SharePoint. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a great mix there that you, either or, however you want to do. You don't want to run the structure yourself, you don't have to. If you do want to run it, you can. And uh and I like your hybrid model. It'll be interesting to see how this grows out. Uh, presumably it ships when Office 2010 ships. Yes, so you'll be able um essentially Office 2010, SharePoint 2010 all ship at the same time, I believe in June. It's fantastic. Uh, anything else folks can be doing today if they want to get more involved with Office Web Apps? Um, so, I mean, we mentioned the beta. I mean, obviously, you can. There's, there's betas of SharePoint as well, so you can install SharePoint and play with it. Right. Um, I mean, that's a little bit more techie, but really, sure. it's actually not very difficult. And if you install SharePoint and then you you can install you can install the Office Web Apps again. There's instructions for doing that on our blog. Um, but I think other than that, and trying to and trying to get into the technical the technical preview, which I'm I, I believe is still going. Um, no, that would be it. And of course, you can read the blog and there's lots of articles and pictures and things to look at. Sure, but it'll be available really soon too, which is which is exciting for us. We're yeah. really we're really excited. Yeah, it sounds like you've done a lot. I'm I'm looking forward to it too. They, but I think OneNote's the one that's going to capture me. I mean, it's just that ability to have collaboration with folks who don't have OneNote. I bet I'm going to sell a lot of licenses of OneNote doing that. I bet, well, it's, it, it definitely, it, it makes a, OneNote always used to be something which you, everyone needed to have it in order to, to, you know, to, to sort of collaborate. Right. That it just isn't the case anymore. No. You can set up a OneNote notebook, send people a link to it, and you're all good. Yeah, and, and off they go. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, my experience working on the tablet, showing people what I was doing in OneNote made people go, ah, I get OneNote now. I need that. Well, you know, the more the more one note we sell, the happier we are. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Simons, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks. It was my pleasure. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. <laughs>